That's the spiritual, that's the eternal, that's the God blessing in these stories, that they're like a, a, a beautiful diamond you hold up and, and it just glimmers in the light and the facets come. And, you know, uh, uh, early on in, in my ministry, I preached on the 23rd Psalm one Sunday. And when I was, how do you do that? There have been people down through the years that have preached on the 23rd Psalm, but that's, that's the eternalness and the beauty of Holy Scripture is that it isn't archaic, it isn't dated, it's fresh as the freshest wine, not in an old wineskin. Uh, welcome everyone to the 41st podcast of Renew Your Mind. Um, with us today we have uh, Senior Pastor Paul Grunberg and we have uh, Reverend John Nail and myself, Dana Hall, as a moderator. And uh, we are in our third podcast on parables. And uh, uh, our podcast is a little different today because we're Zooming. Um, we have uh, Reverend John Neal as our guest. Um, he's our uh, visitation pastor, and uh, he was senior pastor um, in the past as well. So I think we'll jump right into the parables. Um, we, had, we actually uh, had homework assigned to us, and we were to read um, Luke chapter 15, and um, there's three parables in there, um, and I think I'll let Reverend John kind of kick us off with those three parables. Well, the, the gospel of Luke has probably the most uh, parables, and this chapter in the gospel, this chapter 15, for me, contains the best of the parables, uh, lost coin, lost sheep, and lost son. Um, if you, I'm sure you know the last one, uh, if it was called the prodigal son. Now that's, that's what the third parable in this uh, 15th chapter is about, but all three of them deal with the lostness of coin, sheep, and family. Paul? Okay. Um, can you remind yeah. us what a parable is? I, well, I forgot to summarize that. Well, a parable is is a, a story that spoken, taught, where it has an earthly meaning, but there's also something to deal with the eternal. Uh, okay. Uh, it it's it hits you, and I I would like to believe that as the people replayed the parable as they were walking back to their homes after Jesus's teaching, they would be in dialogue and conversation with family members. Now, did you hear what he said or, you know, what he was talking about here? And, and we just talked in last week's podcast about the Good Samaritan, and I'm sure there would have been some real different conversation about who and what was a Samaritan and what does it mean to show mercy and what does it mean to be a friend to a neighbor? Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. So with the last set of parables from last week, Jesus was speaking to an expert in the law, or I should say the expert in the law was asking Jesus um, some questions. And in his parable, he talked about a Samaritan, which was someone who was really uh, looked down upon by the Jews as equally looked down, maybe not quite as much, 
to the experts, uh, to the Jewish leaders, to the ones who really adhered to the law, were the tax collectors and the sinners and all of these people who just didn't have the wherewithal to follow the law. And uh, they were not they were not looked upon with any grandeur. They were not looked upon as someone you want to get to know. In fact, the Pharisees would be saying, stay away from them, right? And so as we have that understanding at the very beginning of chapter 15, it says, now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear him, him being Jesus, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. You know, that was a strike against Jesus because in the eyes of the religious leaders, because we just didn't do that. And of course, if I was wanting to be a good Jew, I would want to follow the religious leaders. And I too would stay away from these tax collectors and sinners and these kind of people. Uh, but Jesus seemed to embrace them, and they seemed to want to be around Jesus because Jesus was offering something, um, a wholeness. Uh, he was offering a, uh, help me out, John, uh, an acceptance uh, to people who were just not accepted by the leaders of the day, and yet Jesus was willing to eat with them and talk with them. And so in the midst of that understanding, uh, Jesus tells this parable. Now, remember, there are the religious leaders and then there are the sinners listening to this. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Again, sh shepherding would have been a normal everyday thing in Jesus's day. Does he not leave the 99 to open the country? in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it. And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there is more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. I mean, Jesus is like putting this in their face. You know, you guys think you're all, um, you're in right standing with God already. And yet you're not spending any time with these people who are lost, who need to know God, who need to know, in this case, myself, Jesus. And, and he reminds them that there is rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who is found. And then Jesus launches right away into another parable, the parable of the lost coin. And again, a woman has 10 coins, loses one coin, lights the lamp, sweeps the house and searches until she finds it. And then she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And and again, there's this reminder to these righteous leaders that we're about reaching out to the lost. We're about helping those who feel unaccepted as far as unaccepted by God or unaccepted in spiritual terms to 
to accept them so that they might become or um, enter into a relationship with God. And so you've got those two parables, uh, two short stories. And then Jesus, again, without stopping, launches into this probably one of the most famous parables, and that's of the prodigal son. For me, this story, prodigal son, lost son, is with the exception of the passion, the death of Jesus and the resurrection is the greatest story within the greatest mm. story. It, it really is. It's a story of, of two boys uh, in a successful family where the youngest boy goes to his father and says, Dad, I want my inheritance. I want what you're going to give me. And the terrible thing of this in the Jewish culture in that day was basically the son is saying to the father, I wish you were dead. I want my money. I want my inheritance now. So it's very obscene, very pointed. The father is so gracious. He gives him what his inheritance is. And the youngest boy goes off. And we've, we've seen this played out in television and movies, et cetera, things like that. Well, he spends his money, spends it very poorly, and eventually finds himself without any money. Now, we have to believe that this family is a Jewish family. And mm -hmm. so finally, the boy has no friends. And he's starting to get hungry. And he figures, gee, I've got to find a job. I've got to do something. So he sets himself up to hire himself out to a pig farmer, a hog farmer. Well, if you're a good Jewish boy, uh, playing with pigs and tending pigs is not your job. But mm -hmm. he has to do it because that seems to be the only job available. And as he's doing this, he realizes, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? I, I, I should go back home because even the hired servants that worked for my father have better food and nourishment and clothing and housing than here I have. So I'm going to go back home and speak to my father and get back with him if I can. Paul? Yeah, so he goes back to his dad and his dad's looking for him. He never stops looking for him. And he sees him off in the distance. And he uh, goes out and the father says to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted cat and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He, is, he was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. And it's that same pattern from the first two uh, parables of the lost sheep and the lost coin is that there's a searching, uh, there's a finding, and then there's a rejoicing. And the son at this point, as John was saying, understood that he had sinned against heaven and his dad and went back very with a very repentant heart. Now, if we go back to the beginning of this chapter, we, we have to remember who was Jesus talking to? He was talking to the tax collectors and sinners that were all gathered around him. Well, the prodigal son represents these tax collectors and sinners who have 
gone off and have invested in the Roman world, uh, have uh, divested themselves of the Jewish culture to some degree, and have become lost. And yet, as he's telling this story at this point where the youngest son says, I've lost everything, I was foolish, I've sinned against my father in heaven, I need to go back. That's where these people were. They were lost, and Jesus is the one who is looking for them. What a powerful moment for these tax collectors and sinners to hear Jesus say about the Father, put a robe on him and put a ring on his finger and kill the fatted calf. We're going to celebrate. Imagine the spiritual, uh, I don't know, relief, um, the joy to know that they, that they are so far lost that they cannot be welcomed back into the kingdom. Um, this is like, you know, that Lipton iced tea on a hot day and the guy falls into a pool of water. This is like that, how refreshing it is to know that I'm still loved by God. And then, and then as he continues the story, there's the second son. And the second son is like all up in arms about why are you killing the fatty calf? John, you want to take it? Yeah, the, the, the eldest son comes home. Now the inheritance will all be his now. I mean, he, the eldest boy in the Jewish family really had not only a lot of responsibility, but the inheritance was greatest to him. And if his father had died, it would be his responsibility to take care of his siblings and take care of his mother and on and on and on. So he comes home and he hears this party going on and the servant tells him that your brother who was out in the fields has gone away, is now back home and dad's having this party for him, come on in. Well, the eldest brother comes in and he rails against his father. He said, I've done everything, done everything that you've wanted. I've been faithful. I've I've done the chores, I've had the responsibility, and you've never thrown me a party for myself or my friends, and I'm very, very upset with this. And uh, you can imagine the, the words that are exchanged, and yet the father turns around and doesn't say, uh, shut up, come to the party. He says, son, your brother was lost, but now is home. Mm -hmm. Let us rejoice at his lostness, and now in his foundness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he also adds in, you know, you, you've always been with me. Um, everything I have is yours. And so he's reminding, Jesus in those words are reminding the experts, the religious leaders that you are with me, but we need to look for the lost one. Now, this is a great parable. And it speaks to all of us. I think we all have a little prodigal in us somewhere uh, where we feel lost from God, where we feel distanced from God, and we don't know how to get back. And yet in this parable, we see a God who loves us, who is merciful, who forgives us. I uh, Early on in my ministry, um, and I've never used this uh, parable um, for a funeral, but there was a, a young person who had been a part of the church. The family had been a part of the church. 
they had graduated from high school and they um, moved on to college. And as I understood, they got a little wild in their living and ended up uh, coming back home and moving just a little bit north of town you know, to a larger community. And uh, it was probably about two years later. Uh, and, and there were some other things in this person's life that people would have frowned upon. Uh, they were up in the other community. They had gone um, ice fishing and a terrible storm blew in and they and another person were on a snowmobile getting off the ice and they must have hit uh, real hard snow and lost their direction and rode off the ice into the water and, and, and died. As I was talking with the um, some of their friends, uh, I came to find out that this person had, even though distanced themselves from the church and had entered into, uh, as, as the Bible might say, riotous, riotous living, uh, they had, when they came back and were living in the town, were beginning to do some um, acts of service, some acts of kindness, like the Good Samaritan last week, which indicated that they were still in relationship with God. Uh, they would, one friend was saying they would read their Bible at night still, and that the life had changed. And so I shared this parable with the family. Um, this person had not, I can't say that this person had come back to church or had uh, fully embraced the Christian life. But my question to the family, and this was to um, help them to see that uh, their child uh, was not lost forever uh, from the riotous living. Like the son, when he lost everything and had nowhere else to turn, he began to come home. And it was at that moment that he was back in right relationship. He was on the right direction, on the right road again. And just as this child had lost their life, they were on the right journey again. And I really wanted to encourage them that they would see their child once again uh, because of what this child was doing uh, in the town that they moved uh, up north to uh, indicated that they were back in right relationship with God and that God had celebrated a lost sinner already. And so, again, we all have a little prodigal in this somewhere. Somewhere in our life we've left the beaten path and, and we just need to know that God is there with open arms waiting for us, searching for us, so that when we return, when we turn back to him, he says, get the robe, get the great ring and put it on their finger. Kill the fatted calf for my son that was lost is now found. And we can rejoice in that. And, and, and it reminds us uh, that we need to always seek those who are far away from God and those who are journeying back to God, encourage them and bring, help bring them back into the fold, so to speak. It's, it's a story that's lived over and over and over again in so many people's lives. I think that's why, like John said, it's the most 
wonderful, uh, most wonderful story within the story of God in Jesus Christ. And this this parable, I t- personally fits what we've said the last two weeks that you can see that oh gee that that's good that's wonderful but the beauty if you reflect on it jesus is saying and i think if we're all honest hmm, there are times that i've been the elder brother Mm -hmm. that i have looked down at this one or that one and that we also at times need to take the stance of the father and offer the forgiveness and the welcoming. So, I mean, that's, that's the beauty to me personally of this story is that it hooks us on all three levels. Now, I'm sure there are people who have never gone into riotous living and they look at, <laughs> they look at askance at someone, you know, I mean, we've all heard those wonderful testimonies of this one, I did this, I did that, now I've come to Jesus, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, that, and there are many of us that, you know, have never experienced that kind of uh, disillusioned life. Well, Mm -hmm. you know, it's easy to look. So that's, to me, that's why this parable is so beautiful because it encourages us. Yes, the Father is waiting for us, welcoming us. He's also saying, look, you've always been a part of my family and also saying, forgiveness is yours. Mm. Well said, John. Mm -hmm. Very nice. I think that's a a wonderful place to wrap up. Um, Just before we do wrap up, is there any other other parting thoughts? Um, You know, one thing John said uh, early on, I think it was in the first podcast of the series, that we can plumb the depths for a long time. And these are great stories to talk about. Um, I went into uh, Cops and Donuts. No, was it Jay's? Cops and Donuts, right. Mm -hmm. And there was a table of guys, and they were talking uh, about um, something about the church. And I thought, you know, this would be a great story to take to a bunch of friends and say, hey, what do you think about it? Where do you see yourself in the story? Uh, these are great uh, stories to take and to share with people and say, where do you find yourself when I share this story? See, that's, and lot- that's the spiritual, that's the eternal, that's the God blessing in these stories mm-hmm. that they're like a, a, a beautiful diamond you hold up and, and it just glimmers in the light and the facets come. And, you know, uh, uh, early on, in, in my ministry, I preached on the 23rd Psalm one Sunday. And when I was, how do you do that? There have been people down through the years that have preached on the 23rd Psalm, but that's, that's the eternalness and the beauty of Holy Scripture is that mm. it isn't archaic. It isn't dated. It's fresh as the freshest wine, not in an old wineskin. Amen. Yeah. Amen. That's beautiful. Well, um, on that note, I think we will wrap it up. Um, thanks to Pastor Paul and Reverend John. Um, just a reminder, we are located at uh, the First United Methodist Church of Gaylord. Uh, we are on 215 South Center Street. 
and you can contact us at 989-732-5380. We have, uh, on Sundays, we have a traditional service at 9 a.m. and a contemporary at 1045 a.m. And you may join us in person or uh, via Facebook Live or YouTube. And we just really encourage you to, to join us and, mm-hmm. and to listen and uh, to listen to what we have to say. And we invite you in with, in with warm arms. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you.